What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Diosa Fem. Welcome back to Locatora Radio. Welcome back to Brown Girl Hour. This is Diosa Fem. And this is Mala Munoz. Locatora Radio is where we celebrate the legacies, geniuses, and brilliance of women and femmes of color. And this is Capitulo 22. I'm so excited I to be here. I can't even believe it. Yes, I'm so excited to be back. Oh my God, and you were on a little bit of a hiatus. I was. Um, so in case you did not notice, um, I actually took over a week off because I was really ill. Yeah. And it was really scary. We were all, all the mommies, we were all very concerned yeah. for Diosa. We were like, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah, it was really scary, but I think once we, I was able to, or the doctors were able to diagnose what was going on with me, I was able to really get better. So I'm really, really, really happy to be healthy and, you know, I'm grateful for my health. We're happy to have you back. Welcome back, girl. She's back. back. (laughs) I am back and ready to play. And we have had some really exciting things happen. Even even though you've been sick and under the weather, we've still been slaying and making things happen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It don't stop. So 
we just had a um, our capítulo, our special capítulo with Sounding Out, what came out this past week. Yes, and Sounding Out again is a sound studies blog, and yes. they were doing like um, a Chicana soundscapes series for Hispanic for Latino Heritage Month for Latinx Heritage Month. And we submitted a guest capítulo, a, mm-hmm. a guest podcast, and it's all about women of color, street harassment, and public space. Right, and the, the sonic la- soundscape of unwelcome. Yes, sonic landscapes of unwelcome. And we just want to formally, again, you know, thank all of our listeners, all of our locamores who sent in their narratives of street harassment and yes. surviving harassment. Yeah, it was... Uh, wow, so many emotions to read all of these testimonials and that y'all were able to really be vulnerable with us, something that we do not take for granted. We're so thankful to all of y'all that really made the capítulo with sounding out what it is. It was very special. It was very impactful. Um, and you, uh, on, the, on that capítulo, talking about sonic landscapes of unwelcome, we were talking about how street harassment is basically verbal abuse and how constant right. exposure to that, how does it affect women of color? And we interviewed um, um, a therapist, Brenda Ingram, and we, I sent her the finished product, right, because she helped to contribute her knowledge to it. And she, she thought that it was great and she really liked it. So I'm just so happy I'm with so it. I'm so happy with the way it came out. I think um, it, we really produced that capítulo, which I think is just also like shout out to our ourselves we because did we did a lot of work to put off for that to us. so tune in go over to sounding out studies blog so you can listen to them directly they're the actual host of the capitulo so yeah. you won't find it on our soundcloud the the exact the website is soundstudiesblog.com yes and we'll be up there in all of our glory mm-hmm. <laughs> so check it out <laughs> yes so what else do we have going on um, well, I mean, today we have an extremely, extremely, yes. extremely special guest. We do. In studio. So excited. Live at Espacio 1839, which uh, always shout out Espacio for, yes. this is, a, oh, and also this used to be, um, Radio Sombra, Radio Sombra, but it's now officially Radio Espacio. Yes. We have a logo, we have like new equipment. Yes. It's really exciting. So shout out to Radio Espacio, but we have Jessica Salgado. The one and only. The one and only. Hello. But before we get into anything, today is Ariana's birthday. Yes, Diosa ma'am. Fem's birthday. Yes, it is. And I can't say anything <laughs> without wishing her a happy birthday. Oh, thank you so much. I love you. And we got to break this mommy curse of getting sick right around her birthday. Right. I was, girl, I was thinking about you the whole time, and I was like, this was yesterday. Jessica, right before her birthday, right. even during. Yeah, but so we need to I'm break glad, the course. No, I'm glad that we get to celebrate you on your birthday. Me too. So I'm so, so excited. I'm really excited the Mommy yeah. Collective will be out and about tonight. Oh, yes. And Catch I us. took so a, almost a week off, so I'm ready to be back. Yes. 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 We are ready to get <laughs> turned tonight. It's yes. going to be fun. We have a lot to celebrate. We have so much to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And I mean, speaking of celebrating, like, Jessica, you have so much going on. Yes. <laughs> Talk to us about your book. Talk to us about Corazón. So I wrote a book. Corazón uh, that's going to be published through notacult.media N-O-T-A-C-U-L-T dot media and um, they're an amazing publisher locally and they publish hella folks in LA mostly people of color mostly black poets so it's like I'm amongst really amazing company amazing. and they approached me and they're like uh, do you want to do a book and I was like uh, yeah <laughs> of course. And so uh, my, I always knew that my first book was going to be called Corazón. And where does that come from? Why that title? So two different things. I, Caramelo is my favorite book by Sandra Cisneros. Mm, okay. It's my favorite book in the whole wide world. So, so when, I, I guess, when I was young, I wanted to have the title of a book that mirrored 
okay. what caramelo was. But corazón also, you know, in Spanish, we use it as darling. Like, mm-hmm. oh, corazón. And my dad would say that whenever he was in a good mood. Okay. And my mm-hmm. dad was an alcoholic. So be, him being in a good mood was a big deal in our home. Right. So sometimes he'd be like, corazón, como te fue? Or ven aquí, corazón. And when he passed away, I got the word corazón tattooed on my wrist for him. Mm. So it's a word that I have a, a big relationship with. And right. also, like, I am I consider myself like a, a big old heart. Like, right. You I'm are. hella emotional. <laughs> I'm a cancer. Sure, I was so, say you're a cancer. So yes, yeah, so I'm a cancer. So I'm all feelings, and it just it just makes sense that, um, in general, corazón is a word that I identify with a lot. But for the book itself, it's a book about love, and yeah. just how, and it's not about like oh love. It's just no. It's about how complicated and painful right. love can be, but yet we still insist on like returning to love, and that's what the whole book is. Yeah, I'm I'm in love with the with the cover of the book. Oh my, oh my gosh. goodness, isn't the cover it beautiful? Art. How did you decide this cover art? It's I, gorgeous. It's I didn't. It's very original. I didn't. Super um, original. So, my publisher asked me. Um, they contacted me with um, with a designer, the cover art artist, whose name I'm completely slipping, but her name is on the website where okay. you could purchase my book. And um, I don't know her. I haven't met her yet. Beautiful, like lovely person. She reached out and everything, and she they asked me to send um, some pictures and ideas of stuff that I wanted. She didn't use any of the pictures. All I knew was that I wanted the cover to be blood orange, and she honored that. Right. And then she read some of the poems in the book and came back with that artwork. And yeah. so it wasn't even what I envisioned. It was something that I I, I wanted but didn't know I wanted. Right, right. right. And mm-hmm. can you describe for our listeners a little bit, because I love the way that you describe the, the cover art, especially the specific type of mango that she included. Yes. Yeah, so it's um, uh, it's a branch with a mango, and then it also has a heart, and the heart is the color of the leaves that are on the branch also. And the mango itself isn't a right, like the mangoes that we know here, the big, juicy mangoes. It's... Um, it looks like the mangoes that grow on Salvadorian trees, and mm. I don't know what kind of mangoes those are, but it's like the mangoes that grow in my on my family's property, mm-hmm. which is why I use mangoes a lot in my poetry. I talk a right. lot when I think of a Salvador, I think of my grandmother's mango trees, right? And so that's where she got that from. And then there's the the heart hanging is a human heart, and it's just. Ugh. I didn't even know I wanted that, but it's so it was so dope. It's so fitting. It's like I, I can't even imagine it any other way, especially after reading Corazon. Yes, yes. I think beautiful. I, I think the cover made made the book what it is because I wasn't done with the book mm. once I got the cover, and then seeing the cover, I was just like, oh, I completely get my entire vision. Right. Wow. You know what's so beautiful is like your art inspired the illustrator to mm-hmm. create her art which mm-hmm. in turn ins- helped you to finish your art yes you two influenced each other to create this book yeah definitely because then i changed the titles to the chapters to fit not the chapter is called the first chapter is called the hunger and then okay. the fruit the bruising the ache and the return oh, and so beautiful. it's all kind of around based around like growing outside of like growing and and just what like the process that a fruit takes, you know, and like right. what happens. And when it with the bruising, it's a chapter that talks about um, when love is bruised and mm. it's not, 
it's not happy anymore, but you're still in love and you don't know if you're coming or going. And that's kind of with the fruit, right? When you drop it and it gets bruised, like the part that got hurt isn't good to eat anymore, but you're still trying to eat the fruit. Yeah. Right. So yeah, like, yeah, her, her, her vision affected my vision and I'm just so excited. It's just so beautiful how you two had influenced each other. Yeah. Like, yeah I really without, think that's incredible. Without ever meeting or knowing each other right. or anything like that. It was specifically like the art that mm-hmm. influenced the art. Yes. That's really She's amazing. amazing. And I'm so mad that I didn't have her name pulled up for it. But um she is she knows who she is. And also if you look into the book, if you purchase the book it'll be in Side of the book cover, and she's and not a cult. She works for not a cult media. Oh, um, maybe I think we might be able to pull up her name here, Cassidy. Yes, there you go, Cassidy. And you started with a C, but I didn't want to say the wrong name. I can't really. Uh, the it's hard for me to read the last name, but Cassidy. We'll we'll post and give her credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when we post later, but um, and so there's a lot of the fruit mango is consistent throughout, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. also like when you were writing it. Uh, you were talking to me about how food in general and eating is a really consistent theme throughout the book as well. Yeah. Yeah. What um, what y'all don't know is that uh, Mala had a special insight to me putting the book together. She did. Um, the book was put together in two weeks. Which is <laughs> I, fast. Yes. I said, well, a lot of the work existed already, but when my publisher, um, when I, we signed the contract, it was they gave me a month. And I think we were both really just eager on both ends just to get a book out Mm -hmm. and excited. And I'm not a patient person. I'm a cancer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a patient person. And so, um, and at at the time when I signed the contract, I was in the middle of of a bunch of other things. And I wasn't going to have time until mid-August. And so for two weeks, eight hours a day, every day, I sat in this coffee shop in Silver Lake called Café Tropical. And Mala would come and join me most days. And we would sit there, and after we talk shit about everybody, yeah, for, for a few hours. <laughs> after we talk shit about all the all the all the gentrifiers in Silver Lake, um, then I would work on the book. And at the time, I was going through a breakup mm-hmm, of right. the relationship that I wrote about, and Mala like a lot of times had to like walk me through my feelings, and then I'd be like, oh, I know what poem is missing, and then I would be able to go back to that. So. Um, in the book, uh, I use the word hunger and eating a lot because I think uh, as Latinas, too, we have such a complicated relationship with food, right? And, oh, yeah. Right. And um, I I deal with an eating disorder on a regular basis, um, compulsive, you know, compulsive eating. And and so I compare that a lot to the way that you love. Sometimes it's just so compulsive. Right. That you just want to be in love. And, 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 then, and then also, like we express love through eating and through right, food and food. there's a poem called Mocajete and it's about like making um, salsa verde and comparing a relationship to making salsa verde and stuff like that but yeah so food is yeah food is very integral to the way that we love and there was a term that you use in Spanish to describe that feeling of eating so much or having so much of something that you're mm-hmm. sick of it having so much of something sweet is empalagar yes and which is um and so there's a poem in that because the word doesn't exist in english right and i think that that's also as uh latinas we love like that a lot uh what sometimes the way we love someone doesn't exist in the other language mm. but 
either way that we're going, you know, like um, most of the the my last relationship was with a black man, and so there were a lot of things of each other's lives that we couldn't translate for each other, right? Like sure, like my experience as a brown woman and his experience as a black man, and and so there's a lot lost in translation, and I and I express that a lot within the book too. Yeah, I think the book really captures this kind of duality of of existing in this you know these two languages of Mm -hmm. not really having the words. Yeah. Um, but having the words in both languages, if that makes sense, like yes. really doing that interchange. That what is that word when you when you code switch? Yes, mm. absolutely. And I think that's what a lot of I would say your readers can really relate to loving in two languages. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I don't. I make it a point that a lot of uh, writers italicize when they when they switch mm-hmm. when they use Spanish or if they're writing in English when they use Spanish or right. the other way around. And I don't. Because I feel that both languages exist in me at the same time. Right. And and so I don't, I just treat them like everything. And there's a lot of Spanish within the book. Enough, I mean, enough where if you're only an English reader, you could still understand. Right. But I also, there's a there's a poem at the end, a very small poem, that's completely in Spanish. And my, my thing is, in anything that I publish um, that I want my mother to be a part of, I create something that's completely in Spanish mm-hmm. for her to be able to have her own experience with it right? and without it having to be translated. So speaking about your mother, I'm wondering what has it been like for you um, telling your family about being published? They don't know. They don't, they don't know. They don't, oh, like, they don't know. I they mean, don't no, know they know. Well. They don't. Oh, they, okay. they know. They know that I'm being published. I told them I want them to be there. Um, I can. Some of them are excited. Some of them aren't. Um, I think... I think because nowadays publishing is so accessible to people, mm-hmm. you know, with Amazon and Create Space and all that stuff, like people hear, oh, you're being published, like, like you it's know. more common now, yeah. maybe, than it has been in the past, or or more <laughs> common for people like minorities, women, people of color than yeah. previously. But but for me, I'm to be here for a little bit. But um, my publisher, the people that run my publishing company, are white, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the artist that created the art is a white woman. And I say this because in Latino, in, in the Latino community, in the Latinx community, you've made it when you got white people working for you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, that's like, true. That's true. But this that's is true. like. This is what I'm trying to, like, express to my family, where it's just like, no, it's not that, like, I... It doesn't take anything away from you if you self-published. I think it's an amazing feat. Obviously, it's something that I don't know how to do myself, and I waited until a publisher approached me. But and also, in on the other side of that, like, there's a whole team that's, that believes in my vision enough to work for me. Oh, yeah. Like, without oh, yeah. me having to invest in... They're investing in me, right. you know, and they're taking a risk with publishing a book that might not sell or... Or not. Luckily, that hasn't been the problem. But um, you've been doing very well with the the pre sales. Yes. Um, Tell us my, about the pre sales. Um, I don't know exactly the number of pre sales, but I do know my publisher told me that we've been selling every day since we um, pre since our book went up for pre sales. Amazing. That's awesome. That's amazing. And so at least I know what we announced it like a month ago. So at least I know I've sold thirty copies at least. That's no, good. but but no, uh, we've sold a, 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 a large amount to where I think we're going to need to do a second edition really soon. Oh my and God. and so That's it's really exciting. really exciting, especially um, because this is my debut like actual book my chat books my zines that I've done I consider them my mixtapes and this is my EP <laughs> I love it and and so I'm, it's my first like it's my debut 
you yes. know, album. You're totally. official. You're official. Like, you're certified. You're official. And I do want to say that I want to honor the fact that you have self-published, you yes. know, on a yes. smaller scale. But mm-hmm. you've been self-publishing for a while. Yes. With, and your, I've with so- your chat books. And I've sold thousands of copies self-published. Absolutely. And um, it, it's valid and it's an accessible way to get your work to other people. And But it's just really hard to stay on top of it and to, like... um deal with all of the logistics of it while you're a touring artist and while you're still expected to create new things mm, and right. um, perform and host workshops and be emotionally available to, to your followers and I'm very blessed that I have so many of them but it's it's a lot of work and sometimes I'm just like I don't want to go to the post office or yeah. I don't want to sit here and label all these envelopes not that I'm ungrateful it's just that I could be doing like I want to be doing other things so now that there's a whole company that's willing to do that for me I'm so excited yeah. <laughs> like that's what I'm the most excited about that I don't have to worry about orders getting to where they need to get to right no absolutely I mean, it's a huge accomplishment. We are so proud of you. Like, we the Mommy so Collective, like, you. we are so oh, fucking proud you. of you. Look at Thora, we're so proud of you. And, yes. you know, when you you had put out a post about if anybody wants to interview me about the book, and Diosa <laughs> right away texts me, and she's like, um, hello, we need to interview her. I was like, wait a second. This is like an unspoken thing. Like, wait a second. <laughs> I know, but it's also interesting to be friends with, uh, once you become friends with people that have platforms, right? Like, you just... You're like, well, you're my friend. You know everything there is to know, but we forget that there's, like, the whole rest of the world right. that's listening. Yes. And then I'm like, because if I come on Locatora, I'm just going to tell you everything I already told you. <laughs> everything in the group chat. In the right? group text. Because the thing about the Mommy Collective is we talk every day, we all talk day. T- like, all the time. Basically 24-7. All day long. Yeah. And a lot of us don't really sleep, so yeah. we're really talking there's all always, the time. There's always, always a, a message. message. <laughs> yes. It's like, guess what so-and-so told me? Or it's like... <laughs> This mother, duh, 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 uh-huh. and or Garo sending, Garo sending her, her memes or her yep. some shit. Garo always some so, shit. Um, Garo sending Mar- her memes. Marita sends the overheard in downtown LA. Oh yes, yes. right. That's so Garo sends her memes. Um, Mala is always talking shit about some dude. Some yeah. dude. Um, I'm always like, can you believe this person commented this? Yeah, that's a big one with us is the online activity in the comments and yeah. stuff. It's such a a, a, a gift. To be friends with women that um, understand what it is to have a platform on social media. Um, I worry a lot with with a lot of my friendships in my life that I I become overbearing, right? Talking about all these things that I do because mm. Instagram is such a, a huge part of my life. But to people that don't have that or don't do that, they're like, it's Instagram. Calm the fuck down, right? right. right. But for me, it's my livelihood. It's my work. Like, I book the events I book because of my following on Instagram right. yeah. because of that. So it's really, I'm just so happy that I have friends that get it. And when I'm like, I have 25,000 followers, like, y'all get excited for me. Oh, when yeah. Super but, excited. Oh, yeah. But if I tell, like, homie next door or whatever I'd be like alright that's cool like, <laughs> you had 24,000 yesterday so what's the big deal <laughs> I'm like no it's a milestone deal. yeah oh no so. I mean we love Instagram and we'll talk about Instagram all day oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and we do and we do and we do yes oh so yeah <laughs> we have uh, we're gonna come into our song break now Podcasteras Peligrosas
Jessica, and we're still talking about Corazon yes. and being on the internet and talking shit and yeah. all that good stuff. You know what I think is one of one of my favorite things I think that I relate to the most in the book is the way you sprinkle um, poems about your mental health. Yes. Throughout the book, mm-hmm. all in in relationship to being in love individually with your family, all of the above, which I think a lot of us with any type of mental health disorder can really relate to how you can separate it. So is there, can you tell us a little bit more about writing about your depression and what that has been like? Yeah, I think when I was trying to tell the story of the, of, of so Corazon is a story of a relationship, right? Not verbatim any of the relationships I've lived, but it may be like accumulation of, of all of them. And it, yeah. it's this big old love story. But in telling a love story, for me, I think my, my mental... Um, health has to be a part of it because it affects the way that I love so much, right? My anxiety, my depression, my the voices in my head that tell me that like I'm not deserving of love, mm-hmm. and the decisions I've made because of that, or or the days that I need whatever it is that I need in the moment, it, it will affect the way that I can love someone or someone can love me, and and so it was a conscious decision to include that within the book and. Um, it's it it was tricky in the sense that um I didn't want it to feel like I was a victim of myself okay do you know what I mean right. like I don't because sometimes when we feel when we, we talk about like well, my depression and oh I'm so terrible for letting my depression do this to me or mm. like or I'm this you know and I'm like no like it's something that I have and there's a poem in the first chapter that's called um my depression speaks to me and in the in the poem that depression is like asking me like are you going to tell him that this is what you deal with like are you going to tell him that you have depression or are you just going to wait until it pushes him away got it and i think that that's always like the decision that you make when you're in a relationship you're like well you know when do i tell him i have mental health issues (laughs) or do i let him figure it out and see if he's going to stay or if he's going to go and i think that in every relationship there's that period where like you have to decide what's going to happen like Right. When he asks you why you're up really late every night, do you just tell him that you're an insom- like you're just a night owl or that your anxiety doesn't let you sleep? Right. And and so there's always that that question of like when can I be vulnerable and when can I can I allow this person? And so in the chapter that's about falling in love, it's kind of like the surrender. Like, okay, well, here I am with my issues, both mental and physical. And like he says it's okay so I'm gonna believe him Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting because the parts of you that are visible to others are Mm -hmm. just as integral and important to your functioning as the parts that are invisible to others so it's like what parts do you choose to show and do you have no choice to show and and how people react to each and every part of you right definitely and um, there's there's a chapter in the falling in love section that's called Beluda and it talks mm-hmm. about um, facial hair and mm-hmm. how I wouldn't want to stay over at a partner's house because I didn't want him to see that like I shaved my face. And so in the in the book, I also allude to my mental health within that in that chap in that poem. I allude to my mental health within it too because I feel that like my anxiety is a part of that too. Mm-hmm. And then it, it talks about finally stay, finally spending the night at his house and and thinking like so this is what love feels like mm-hmm. in this moment. It is safe for me to stand here 
right. in your kitchen with all my facial hair and all my issues and like whatever it is and it's just I'm just me mm-hmm. and I think that that's an important thing that we see we're always looking for that in love yeah that safetyness that yes. this person isn't gonna leave because you have you know an anxiety attack right or right. because you know you have acne or you have facial hair mm-hmm. you know these, and these things that you're insecure mm-hmm. about and that your anxiety are also also heightened right and if they do leave right mm-hmm. which in the book they do leave <laughs> and when they when they left it's that the, the dealing with the self-talk afterwards mm-hmm. where like i pushed him away and there's a lot of that in the book there's a lot about like you couldn't put up with me anymore um yeah. and then there's a lot of the like no but i'm okay I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be okay, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, that yeah. that's kind of what we got to deal with. Ultimately, that's what happens to, when you go through a breakup. That mm-hmm. self-talk of, like, I did all this shit, or they did all this shit. No, yeah. you're going to be okay. No, you're not. Yes, you are. No, you're yes. not. Yes, yes. You know? The back and forth, the yeah. back and forth. And I love how, on the topic of love, like, the book deals with love in on many different levels and in many different directions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love, love of self, love of a man, love of family, love of your tierra. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the fact that a lot of the terms that you use are very intimate terms that like we would call each other or that you would hear within family specifically, mm-hmm. not amongst strangers. Like 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 you talked about corazón or gorda mm-hmm. is another title of another poem, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just so beautiful the way that you incorporated that like intimate like f- even and even familial love into the word. Right. I think even homegirl love is in there. Yes. There's there's one about um, homegirl love, which is which is a very um, brief, short. I think sometimes you could tell the biggest story with the shortest in the shortest um, span of time, and it's about someone just asking you if you have a bobby pin, mm-hmm. right. and you giving a girl yes. a bobby pin and just sitting together in the bus headed home. And, and, like, the poem doesn't say if it's a stranger or if it's your homegirl or whatever. It just says that it's another woman. And, um, but all that love that um, I made sure to include into the book is because you can't separate any of that. Yeah. Your yeah. family teaches you to love. So that's, that was, like, the groundwork to what I was doing. I'm like, I know, everything I know about love is what my parents taught me. And my parents taught me to love their home country of Salvador. Mm-hmm. And my parents taught me that love is dysfunctional because they were dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And then they taught me that love forgives, but they also told me that love hurts. And and that was the groundwork to like everything that I've done. I'm like, you have to, you have to know my relationship with my family before you know my relationship with men. Mm-hmm. And that's why the poem begin the book begins and ends where I'm talking about my roots, you know, and which is my family in El Salvador. Absolutely. Amazing. And I love also how you describe so much of El Salvador and like the trees, yeah. the actual, like the property that your family has down there. And when I would go sit with you at Cafe Tropical, right? And you were describing to me like your memories of being mm-hmm. in El Salvador and it's been a few years. Like it gave me such an insight into you, you know, that I would have yeah. no access to, to those that type of information about you because I've never been to this place. Yes. I've never been with you in this place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I, I think I think it's important for me to talk about my love to Salvador for you to understand how I live in constant nostalgia. Mm. Right. And I think that that affects the way that I love too. Like, I'm a very melancholy, nostalgic person. I idealize a lot of things. I live, like, in theory a lot. Um, and I think that, that you have to understand that about me to understand how I approach love. Um, the man that the book is mostly about um, always tells me that. 
Mm. He's always just like, you're always living in what things should be, mm. but not in what things are. And at first I get pissed because, I mean, we have other issues. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the phone with him before I got here, so I'm like, it, whatever. But um, but but he's right. Like right? I'm always just like, this is what we should be looking like right now. This is what everything should be because this is what they told me it was going to be. Mm. And that's what a Salvador mm. was for me. I grew up listening to all the stories about my mom, and then I showed up as as a 12-year-old for the first time, I was like, what the fuck is all of this? <laughs> and then right. going back and spending so many summers and then going as a teenager and then not going for a while and then going as an adult, I was just like, I didn't realize shit was this fucked up. Right. And then and then now not having gone seven years, everything looks different in retrospect because it's been so long. So the nostalgia is like making everything softer and yeah. pretty. Yeah, it's constantly changing. Yeah, I think that's a really common feeling when you haven't been to your home country in a long time. Yes. You know, I think about my father and how he, he has only been back to Peru a few times since he immigrated here. And that kind of, I feel that nostalgia for him. You mm-hmm. know, even though that's not something he may feel, but it's like I haven't been back to Peru in almost four years and like I feel so much nostalgia you know in a country Mm -hmm. that I didn't even I wasn't born in right you know so it's this kind of I completely relate to what you're saying about the way we love our families and our countries and then the way it also affects the way we love our partners yes definitely and I wonder Jessica like if you had gone to El Salvador recently and then wrote the book like if you went last year and Mm -hmm. then this opportunity still came to write the book how do you and think that maybe the book would have come out differently the book there would have been more of a duality within the book i think it would have been more of a clear line between like this is it it adds when you go back home and you come back you come back even more confused Mm, yeah because i live my life here being like i'm salvadoran i'm salvadoran i'm salvadoran i'm salvi i'm a salvi poet Mm -hmm. i'm salvi i'm central american don't call me mexican call me salvi right? right like and then i show up in a salvador and then i'm like um you don't have a Salvi accent. You have a Mexican accent. Yeah, Are you Mexican? I've been in, you've been in sh- LA for so yeah. long. Are you sure you're not Mexican? Oh, la americana. La, right. la gringa, la gabacha. Yeah. And then, like, I stick out like a sore thumb. You could tell I'm not there because people, first of all, because of, of, of like, social economic reasons or whatever, people aren't as overweight as I am, right? Uh, also, everything's organic there. Okay. So, like, you don't have all the extra shit pumped into you, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm already bigger, and that's a whole other thing to navigate that's a whole other topic. But I just stick out like a sore thumb, so I always come back a little brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. Okay. A little brokenhearted and, and a little, like, displaced. Yeah. Because I'm upset to be back here yeah. where life is such so hustle and bustle and, yeah. and such a fight, a constant fight. But over there, I'm not from there and I'm missing here. And so you're like in this like, where is home? And I think that that's why I tend to make home out of men. Mm. And then that's what the book is because I'm yeah. always like, okay, well, where do I fit in? You know, like, where do I fit in? So like, I'm trying to build something that's completely mine with somebody else. But we forget that that somebody else is their own person right and they can't be completely yours instead and so i think um what corazon comes the last chapter of corazon is called the return right and right. it's about carving your own corner and being like well this like there's a, a, a there's a, a poem called um the house on parkman avenue which is the street that i live on and the home that i grew up in and it's just a moment where i'm sitting on the couch with my niece and nephew and my mom and sisters are in the house and those are like the most important people in my life. And like, that's it. That's my world. And in the moment that that's all, right in that moment, that's all that matters. And that's my world. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what um, the book has taught me. That like, in this world, there's five people that the world can't take from me. 
and that's what love is you know like that that whole thing was just like i could travel everywhere go everywhere and come back and yeah. like these five bodies are here and right. they're mine and I think that, and I love that you bring up your mom because, you know, I feel like all three of us really love our mothers. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, all three of us have very special relationships with our mothers, mm-hmm. and we have great moms. Right. You yes. know, and they're all very different, all of yeah, our mothers. they are. But we each will talk about that. And, and, yeah, there is, like, in my life, like, I love my father. He's amazing. He would do anything for me. He would kill for me, and he's fantastic. But there's something about mom. There's something about your mother, and mm-hmm. that mother's love that is just like so intense and unlike any other love you will ever experience Mm -hmm. from anybody else and you know that your mother has your back yeah and I felt guilty a lot of my work because I write a lot about my dad my dad passed away eight years ago and so my growing up my dad was an alcoholic but he and I were close Mm -hmm. we worked together in in our adulthood and so and then it was his illness and the taking care of him towards the end so my dad consumed so much of my life whether it was through abuse or through healing or through whatever it is that we were going through and my mother has always just been this entity constant this constant beam of love and support and and just she was stable so i i never felt like i had to check on her or like be there for her and so now in his absence we've had to redefine our friendship I mean, our relationship, you know, and also like find a, when you're an adult, I'm 33 years old. So when you're as old as I am, you have to build a friendship with your mother. Right. Because right. it's not you don't need them in the way that you needed them before. And now so, they need yeah. you. And you kind of got to figure out like what your relationship looks like now. And and my mom and I are figuring it out. She doesn't get what I do. Um, <laughs> I, I told her I'm like, oh, I'm going to she works. She's the housekeeper for um, a a. a famous comedian from the 80s right and um i was just like we should i'm like i'm gonna tell send them a, a copy of the book or like tell them about the book or they want to come to the book release and she's like are you sure like you say a lot of really like <laughs> you say a lot of like wild shit and i was just like what are you and then like i got really defensive i'm like what are you talking about what wild shit are you talking about what specifically <laughs> and an then example. i was just like are you talking about when it talks about men i want to talk about white people like i don't know i need to know which one you're like and so she didn't she goes just on facebook you say like really like really great like because she follows me on facebook That's funny. i'm dying she doesn't read english but facebook translates it for you right so she, she needs. i forget I forget, and I'd be talking about dick on there. And, uh. Oh my god, I'm dying. That is so true. That's you do true. talk about dick we on talk Facebook. About a lot of shit on Facebook. And yes, because it's, and we love it. It's where because Instagram is good for posting poetry, um, whatever. But it's really hard to engage a lot. Right. Twitter, I go on rants. Yeah. But yeah. there's the character limit and all yeah. that, and um, other things on Twitter, and then on Facebook. Other things. <laughs> Oh, and then, and then on Facebook, it's just where I actually like get to have conversations with people. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I love social media. I don't care about people that knock it and be right. like, oh, we, don't, we don't we support love those people. No. We don't like those people. I've met, I met, block, block me. I met me y'all because of Instagram. Met. Hello. If that's not valuable, then what? what then, then what? Then what? You know? I have a lot of beautiful people in my life, and half of them. Half of them I met because of social media. I oh, yeah. I don't give agree a fuck. With you. <laughs> and you know what I was thinking about the other day? Like, we have been on the internet basically our whole lives. Yeah. Like, starting with AIM, starting mm-hmm. with AIM, MySpace, and then Facebook, for me, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. Same in that progression. And 
consistently for years. Well, yeah, we got at least us since we were me. I, I was probably 11, 12 when yeah. I was on AIM and stuff. And it's been yeah, every year I have been on some type of social media platform since I was 11 years old. We got a computer in my house. I think I was 16 or 17, probably 17. And I've been, I mean, I was doing a lot of extra shit. I used to be a, I used to be a catfish. Y'all, I had a made up life. I had a husband, two kids. Um, I got a divorce. It was a lot. I had a novella going, but, but no, but I, but I've been sharing my poetry online since I was 17 years old. So I've been sharing my poetry online for what, 13, 16 years. A long time. And so when people ask me like how I built the platform or whatever, I'm like, Look, I, like recently, like, yeah, my followers are now like high up there, but I've been engaging and sharing my work um, for half of my life. Yeah. yeah. And we've been engaging, like we have our, our capitulo about femtech, right? right? I mean, we can talk about how like so many women of color are all of our little friends when we were younger and, and as adults, so many of us have been engaged with the internet yes. and with technology and computers. We used to computers. design our own MySpace pages. Yes. I knew HTML. HTML shit. HTML. Yeah, whatever it was. We've been fem techies for years. Years. I knew how to add the glitter, the glitter shade and the colors. And you put your song. I got in trouble once for having salt and peppers the don't want no eeny meeny uh the short dick man song <laughs> i guess i was talking to somebody that had a short dick i didn't know and he was like why you put that song on there but all offended I, miss, I used to you know being able to dedicate i miss that having being able to dedicate a song to somebody on your myspace it's very cute very romantic yeah you can't do that on facebook no more no, no. or anywhere but really. you could still poke people on facebook which or you could weird. put their name with a heart on your bio oh and oh, still wow. dm other women yeah. but whatever but whatever that's, I another, feel- that's another, <laughs> another capitulo. that's that's your uh, like your capitulo two capitulos ago la otra that's true that's so true i love that one i love that capitulo that's because Funny. Y'all know I've been at Otra for like a, I was at Otra for like a minute. And and that's the thing is we wanted to acknowledge we all have, all of us at some point or the other. Whether you knew it or not. Whether you knew it or not. You've been at Otra. Yes. In some way, on some level, yeah. you've been at Otra. I'm glad you liked it. Yes. I was, I was all in it. I was just like, cheese man. I was like, I want to know when, right. where, how, when, why. What is the tea? That's so funny. But in, in, in other news... And, you know, there's more to the book as far as uh, you have your book release also yes. coming yes. up. You yes. have you have a couple different book-related events coming up. So Tell there's there's that. two that I'm very excited about, and they're a month apart. The one that you need to be at this week is uh, th- Thursday, October 12th, 7.30 p.m. at Art Share LA. Free to get in, free parking across the street. Yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that all of LA shows up. Oh, and we'll be there. Oh, yes. Yes. The mummies are going to be there, of course, all of us. I asked her if there was a list so we could get in ahead of time. <laughs> oh, right. No, yeah, honestly. There is no list, so it will be first come, first serve. Um, what time yeah. should people show up? 7.30. 7.30. Sh- everything's going to, I'm going to start punctually at 8 p.m. Um, I'm trying to get everybody out by 9.30. Like, the show itself done by 9.30. Yeah. But afterwards, I will be, we will be selling books there, and I will be signing books and taking pictures with you. I mean, you don't have to take a picture with me. I don't want to assume people want to take pictures, but... Oh, girl, I'll you know be- they do. <laughs> <laughs> if you follow me, you know that I'm all about the pictures, but um, basically, we'll be, I'll be signing books, and um, I just want you to take Corazon home with you, and it's, it's going to be $15 to cash or a card, and... Um, yeah, and you're gonna have some guest poets 
at your book release? I have 10 guests. So I'm hella, I'm hella extra. Most people, if you've never been to a book release, um, in most poetry circuits, when there's a book release, people will have four or three of their closest friends or just poets they admire or whatever come and do a set of their work. Read three or three poems or four poems each, and then they'll all go up, and then comes the person that whose book release is, and then they do a whole set. Because I have so many friends I love, and because I'm a diva, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I didn't want anybody else to be doing a set that wasn't me. <laughs> and so then, but I still wanted to give everybody like hella poems, and I have so many gifted, amazing, legendary poets that are my friends, and I asked them to come and read. So Shehan Van Cleef. If you don't know who Shehan is, please look him up. He's one of the founders of the Poetry Lounge. Yes. Shehan is a legend. A yes, legend. he's a legend. He is and in he's, the poetry world. And he's been my coach, and I call him my mentor. I don't know if he if he agrees, but he's my mentor. <laughs> and, and we've and, all had a crush on Shehan at one time oh, in our yeah. lives. Oh, <laughs> one yeah. time or another. I remember I had a, the biggest crush. When he had his longer hair and he would wear it up on top, he yeah. had his eyebrows. He was I so died. cute. I died because to me, he's like such a, like, not my dad, but he's like such a dad. Oh, sure. Kids, he's got a lot but, of kids. Yes, he has three <laughs> kids. But like when women call him, like, a, yeah, whatever. So Javon Johnson will be there, who's another another person who's my mentor, and Javon's so extra. And um, Alicia Wise, Amen Batra, Angela Aguirre, my Chingona Fire partner, will yes, be hosting. Yes, we love Angie. Edwin Bodney, just a bunch of other people. That if I go down the list, it'll take too long. But it's ten folks, and they're doing one poem each, and you just get to see who influenced me and why I am who I am as a poet. And and then November 11th, which more information will come about that, will be a reading and a discussion and a signing of Corazón at Espacio, hosted by Locatora Radio. Ooh, ooh. Yes. It's going to be and cute. So that's going to be a so super excited. cute night with, um, um, because I'm a diva and I'm doing two book releases. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why? Right. Why the fuck not? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a big accomplishment. It's a big deal. It's a beautiful book, a labor of love. You poured so much of yourself into it. Yes. Let's Thank celebrate you. it. Yes. And I know, and that's the thing is your readers and your followers, your leader, your, I can't talk, your readers and your followers, they want to celebrate yes. with you. They do. And, and because a lot of, I share my work online, right? A lot of these poems have already existed on Instagram before. And I feel they, they, my followers, they don't get it. They, they were a big part of the book too yeah because i know what resonates with them it's not that i'm catering to what they want but i'm, I'm having a conversation there's a dialogue with with the people that support me and what resonates with them is what pushes me to want to write more about that one specific topic right. and so when i was choosing the poems i was literally looking at the comments under poems and stuff like that and i'm like okay this is important because this is important to my followers. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. Thank you oh, yes, so you much God. for Thank being you. here. Thank you so much for having me. This we're was so fun. So much fun. We have to do this again. Yeah. And now, if you excuse us, we're going to go party for Diosa's birthday. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> we were like, we got to get done. We got to wrap up. Yeah. We yeah. got to get ready to yeah, fucking exactly. party. So remember, October 12th, next week, at Art Charolais, Jessica's book release. Yes. And we also have a fun little announcement. Super excited. So we are... We, Las Locatoras, are so proud to announce that we will be participating in this year's first ever Porca Stereo Fest 2017, which is a Latinx digital media experience. The Porca Stereo Fest was created to amplify the Latinx voices of the podcast world and as a space for the community to discuss the visibility and invisibility of Latinx digital content creators. 
Podcasterio Fest 2017 is presented by Molcajete Dominguero and it will take place Sunday, November 19th at Plaza de la Cultura y Artes in downtown LA. The event is free. It's a free event. It's open to the public. Um, and if you want more information on Podcasterio Fest and Molcajete Dominguero, please follow on Instagram. Yes, at Podcasterio Fest. And at Molcajete Dominguero. That's a mouthful. <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> we will share the links if you missed it on. Uh, if you missed it, it's already on Instagram. Actually, yes. Mala shared it um, with the you know proper tags and all that. So go ahead and find it, and, and we'll share it. We'll keep sharing it. Thank you again. Thank you, Jessica. Thank, Thank you, you, listeners. Till next time. Besitos. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.